0: It's great to see so many people out at church outdoors with the sound of life happening behind us and uh, I think that we should be doing church more often with the sound of life happening around us. I think it's, uh, it's exciting to have the freedom to, to live in a country where we are able to do this. I think it's absolutely amazing and uh, so it's wonderful to see so many people here today Uh, If this is your first time, my name's Dan, and uh, I'm part of the pastoral uh, staff here at Cornerstone. Um, And I want to tell you something about Wales, um, because of course I never mention Wales in my sermons. (laughs) But in Wales, someone, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, put up signs that read, no heavy goods vehicles residential site only okay so you understand what that means no heavy goods vehicles residential site only we understand what that means Uh, but wales is an officially bilingual country hands up if you live in an officially bilingual country there we go okay so you understand that uh it's uh sometimes it's a blessing but also sometimes a bit of a frustration um but so wales is an officially bilingual country we don't speak whalish (laughs) <laughs> okay We speak Welsh, um, and uh, this sign was written in English and Welsh. Uh, unfortunately, the longer the sign was up, um, it became clearer and clearer to more and more people that a mistake had been made. You see, even though in English it read "No heavy goods vehicles residential site only, in Welsh, it read like this: "Need oiven a Zoiver a You see where I'm going, right? bit of a translation mistake there I haven't even finished there's more and and wife okay awkward I know I'm I'm feeling it and you're feeling it okay because in English that sentence I just read to you means I am not in the office at the moment send any work to be translated <laughs> And so the people who put up the sign thought that the out-of-office reply in Welsh was the translation. (laughs) A little bit awkward. So if you're ordering a sign in another language, make sure that you check your work. But, you know, the brilliant thing about signs is that they can communicate a lot of information in a very simple way. You, You know, the whole point of signs, ideally, is that you glance at the sign, understand what it means, and then you carry on this shows that the sign is being effective if it takes too long to read it's not being effective and also if the sign is ambiguous if you don't know what it means then again it's being ineffective and of course uh, it's even worse if the sign says something uh, rather different to what it's supposed to be trying to communicate like that sign in welsh but th- the thing as well about good signs is that they take time to make you cannot just create a signpost out of thin air first you have to know what you want the sign to say uh, then you have to design it then you have to send it off to the sign makers where it's fabricated um, and then it's sent to you and then it has to be installed just like that sign that we have in the showroom it took time to make but like good signs that sign that took time to make can be read in a moment you see the the word welcome so you know you're welcomed and you see the words no grow show so you know that cornerstone is something about those words no grow and show even if you don't know what they mean yet so a good sign can communicate a lot of stuff in a very simple way everyone knows that when they encounter the number 100 on the highway it's communicating something and Putting up the number 100 on the highway is so much quicker than writing down, this is a stretch of the road system in Canada where the speed limit is 100 kilometers per hour. Okay? You wouldn't want to see that. You want to be able to have a glance at the sign, understand what it means, and carry on with your day. Because then the sign is being effective. If it takes too long to read, it's not being effective. And this is why stop signs are so important. They... Communicate an important command very effectively and quickly. And here's the thing, again, is that even if I took the word stop away from the stop sign and all you saw is the eight-sided red shape, if you were driving on a foggy day or in a snowstorm, you'd still know what the sign said. You'd see it and you wouldn't be like, well, I'm not sure if it's a stop sign anymore because I can't read the word stop, right? You would know that it's still a stop sign and you have to obey it. So, here's a test for you. I, uh, this is, I'm not going to test Meredith. She's great. She just passed her G1, which Yay! is amazing. But this isn't a test for Meredith. This is a test for all of you. Tell me what these signs mean. Yield. Yield. Okay, good. Here's another one. Oh, <laughs> Railway crossing. Okay, good. This one. 50 that's not explaining the sign that's reading the sign what does the sign mean okay maximum 50 kilometers an hour that's good what about this one okay i'm hearing grumbling what about this one no right turn on a red this does not exist in the uk i enjoy this and every time we go to montreal we're like What are the rules here? I forget. Are we allowed to? Are we not? And I've been lived here for 18 years, and every time I go, I still am uncertain. It's like, if a bear comes towards you, should you roll on the floor, attack it, run away? Like, I still don't know. It's uh, What about this one? Go the other way. (laughs) Go the other way. Okay, you're going the wrong way down the road. Turn around, go the other way. Yeah, one way, one way. That's good. I like that. What about this one? Do not, enter. Do not enter. There we go. How many more have I got? Okay, this one. <laughs> okay, we're in the country. We're in Canada. You should know what that means. What about this one? <laughs> okay, I want one of you to come up, and uh, I want to give you, and you can look at this for five seconds, and tell me what it means. Noah, come up here. Okay. Okay, so quick, quick, quick. Okay, so you have five seconds. <laughs> well, it's pointing where the different highways—it's pointing where the different highways go. Okay, but what are they saying? The numbers are not speed limits. The numbers are highway. Numbers. Okay, but what are the numbers and what are the highways? What do you mean? Well, because but in five seconds you've already driven past. I don't. I have no idea what that means. Okay. <laughs> okay and uh marcus i saw that you were getting up ready so you come and explain this one to us are you ready everyone welcome marcus up Yeah, Marcus. okay you have five seconds to look at then explain to us what it means you can hold the mic okay ready uh yeah. no wait wait five seconds read it okay go explain it uh you can't go left you can't go right, uh, you can't go back, or you can't go forward. So I just <laughs> you just have to Parking stop. You just have to stop. Okay, so you die a long and pain, slow death in that spot because you cannot move. <laughs> all right, so thank you very much, Marcus. That was uh, great. Uh, I think yours was a little bit easier to explain than Noah's, but it made no more sense at all. okay there we go (laughs) I love it okay so so this morning we're uh, continuing in the in the revised common lectionary Uh, we're in year a and if you're keeping track this week is called proper nine everyone say proper nine proper nine which is the sixth Sunday after Pentecost so between Pentecost and the start of um, of advent we're in this season called proper or ordinary time and this see, this sunday is the last uh teaching in our series god's creative connection and through this series we've been looking at the creative way that god connects with or tries to connect with us as his creation. So Wendy started off the series with uh, talking about how God connects with us as we create. Then we saw that God connects with us as we worship. We've learned from the account of Sarah laughing that what that what God calls us out of, um, or what God, God calls us out on, he wants to call us out of. We've seen the story of Hagar and Ishmael, that God hears our tears. And then we learned last week from the story of Abraham being willing to sacrifice Isaac, that Genesis, Chapter 22 reveals God's love for me and you and so we've seen over these past few weeks that god is so creative in the way he connects with us from creation from our times of doubt even our seasons in the wilderness where it feels like there's no way out god is still connecting with us in those seasons and this morning we're wrapping up our series by looking at how god connects us with his grand story as he grows our character this morning is about god growing our character because wherever we're on the journey Okay, we should never be at that sign that Marcus held up. You know, abandon all hope, abandon your vehicle, there's nowhere to go. Okay, we should never be at that place. There's always somewhere, there's always a, a room for growth in our life. And, uh, and so, the hub of this morning's teaching if you're a note taker, then you can write down this, okay, that this is the central thought that character takes time to make, but a moment to read. Character takes time to make, but a moment to read. And in a way, character, your character and my character acts like a sign, just like those road signs. Character is a sign that God is at work in your life it is a sign that the Holy Spirit is reconstructing you into someone that he can use for his glory and your character then becomes a sign that others can see that God is up to something. As you change, as you become more holy, as your character changes, people say, okay, maybe God is real because this person is changing, that maybe the message of the gospel is worth listening to. And just like the most Effective signs, character takes time to make, takes time to build, time to construct, time to grow, and time to mature. But also, like the best signs, I would argue that character can be read in a moment. It can be read in a very short amount of time. I don't need to know your entire life story to know if you're a person of character or if you have some growth left to do. In 1 Thessalonians 5.22, we read this. Stay away from every kind of evil. Okay? Stay away from every kind of evil. But in the King James Version, it says this. Abstain from all appearances of evil. Okay, abstain from all appearances of evil because it doesn't take long for people to see that something is amiss, that something is wrong because ultimately, even though character is something that starts in here, in your heart and your mind, ultimately, it can be seen out there in words and actions, which is why it's important that we uh, avoid or abstain from all appearance of evil. This sign of character, just like these signs, can be read in... A moment and understood so it takes time to build it can be read in a moment so verse 47 of Genesis chapter 24 says this verse 47 of Genesis chapter 24 feel free to uh, read along on your phone or in your Bible says this then I asked her whose daughter are you she responded the daughter of Bethuel son of Nahor whom Milcah." Bore to him, so I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrist. Then I knelt low, worshipped the Lord, and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who guided me on the right way to take the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, verse 49 Now, if you're going to show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me. If not, tell me, and I will go elsewhere. What we're seeing here is a moment of truth okay this 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 uh, this this person talking is abraham's unnamed trusted servant he's been tasked with trying to find a wife for isaac who's abraham's son the one he nearly sacrificed last week and in verse 47 to 49 of genesis 24 the trusted servant Thinks that he has found her. He thinks he's found Ms. Wright, but he needs to be sure. So he goes and asks her brother and her father, that's what they did back then, if he could take her um, back to Abraham, to Isaac. And in verse 49 we're left with this moment of dramatic tension now if you're going to show kindness and faithfulness to my master Tell me if not tell me and I'll go elsewhere. This is what's known as a public moment of truth everyone say public moment of truth Public moments of truth. This is a cliffhanger. This is where everything seems to be heading towards. Will Abraham's servant be able to return with a new wife for Isaac, or will he have to return home empty-handed, just like... You no, know, I was going to use a comparison of going to the store and seeing that thing was there, but you know, women aren't commodities, so that's a bad example. But that's, that's that kind of you know dramatic tension which you feel. So I'm calling this. Uh, again, a public moment of truth because everything is on the line and everyone knows it. And there will be times in your life where you similarly have a public moment of truth when it feels like everything is on the line, when it feels like it's break make or break time. Uh, maybe it's not taking part in something at school because of your faith. Maybe it's helping someone out when it puts you out financially. These public moments of truth. Now for me, one of my public moments of truth was when I asked Wendy to marry me on a moonlit pathway in the country of Panama in 2003. I bared my soul to her and I would either be accepted or I would be rejected. And however confident you might be in the answer, that public moment of truth, there's always trepidation, nerves, a little bit of the the butterflies in the stomach and abraham's servant is right in the middle of this moment will you let rebecca come home with me or not but here's the thing i was willing to take that public moment of truth because earlier i'd had a private moment of truth and the, private of mom- and the private moment of truth always precedes the public moment of truth. We've seen those uh, YouTube videos, right, where someone gets down on someone on their knee in a public place, a grand gesture. Someone's filming it. There's people all around, you know, you know, in the days where they had... Um, You know, the flash mobs, and it's all this stuff going on, and the guy gets down on one knee, and then they're turned down, and it's on YouTube forever for the world to see. Uh, Because maybe what that person forgot is that the public moment of truth, first of all, needs to have a private moment of truth. And I had a moment, a private moment of truth, where I realized that Wendy was the one I wanted to marry to spend the rest of my life with. It was when I saw her character shine out, when I saw her love for for God. You know, the, the line I say is, I fell in love with Jesus in Wendy before I fell in love with Wendy. Um... And I saw her heart for the world, her willingness to live a life of faith and adventure. And I remember exactly where that private moment of truth took. It was in St. Vincent in the Caribbean. And it was a rainy night. And, uh, and, and. For weeks and for months I'd been wrestling with, is she the one? Am I the one? Maybe that's a more more important question. Am I the one? Can I be trusted? Uh, What if I break her heart? What if I can't really follow through? And I realized in St. Vincent that she was the one I wanted to marry, that I wanted to spend a life of ministry with. And I had a good idea that she felt the same. So, that private moment of truth in St. Vincent prepared the way for this public moment of truth in Panama, where I got down on one knee and I proposed to her. Because here's the truth that public moments of truth are nearly always preceded by private moments of truth. And it's in the private, in the quiet, where someone's character is revealed, uh, not in public. It's in quiet acts of service, not in public demonstrations of virtue signalling. Now, when we were looking for a youth pastor, we had a moment of truth. Should we hire Nathan or not? And the thing, interestingly, that got Nathan hired wasn't what you might think. It wasn't his college education or even his experience, which was, which was great. The thing that got Nathan hired was these private moments of truth. Where we saw Nathan quietly fix pews when no one was around, where he uh, volunteered on the worship team, on the sound team, uh, and on the youth team. These private moments of truth gave me the confidence to hire Nathan in this public moment of truth. And so we're in this public moment of truth in verse 47 where the servant of Abraham is willing to put all on the the line. He's putting all his eggs in one basket because earlier he'd witnessed a private moment of truth. So maybe let's back up a little bit and find out more about this private moment of truth. Okay, the scene is this. Well, actually, to set the scene, all of chapter 24 of Genesis has been a retelling of the story of the servant finding a wife for his master's son. So Abraham sends the servant to Mesopotamia to find a wife after making his servant swear an oath by God himself that he will not look for a wife among the Canaanites where they live. He he wants someone from the old country so if the wallaces did something like arranged marriages which girls we don't so you can be uh, relieved i don't know if i can be relieved but you can be relieved but if we did arranged marriages then my version of genesis 24 would be hi- hiring uh, a wedding agency to go to the neath valley in wales to find a husband for my daughter after making them promise not to get anyone from the Ottawa Valley we want no Ottawa Valley people (laughs) in our family we want Neath Valley in South Wales not Ottawa Valley in Canada Neath Valley not Ottawa Valley and after they'd sworn then I'd send them on their way and so this servant um first of all he swears an oath which involves putting his hand under Abraham's thigh which this is Sunday morning, but it's a euphemism for something else, which I can't say because it's Sunday morning and kids are present. Uh, but all, I'm, all I'll say is I'm glad we don't sign bank loans like this anymore today. So after making the vow, this servant fits out a camel train of 10 camels and he treks this one month journey over to Mesopotamia where he stops at this place called Aram Naharaim, or Nahor's town. And Nahor is Abraham's older brother. My older brother is Chris. Abraham's older brother, one of them was Nahor so we know that there is family there and the servant hangs out by a well until evening when the women come out I know that sounds kind of creepy today you know don't do that but I'm sure it was fine back then and so the servant prays to God for a sign he says this Lord God of my master Abraham make this happen for me today this is in verse 12 And show kindness to my master Abraham I'm standing here at the spring where the daughters of the men of the town are coming out to draw water let the girl to whom I say please lower your water jug so that I may drink and who responds drink and I'll water your camels also let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master in short, what he says is, I'll ask a woman for a sip of water if she agrees and she gives me a full drink of water and volunteers to satisfy my ten camel's thirsts, thirst, then I'll know it's you. And of course, this is what happens and it's a miracle one commentator says this he says on her own rebecca accepts the responsibility for for, for fetching water to quench the thirst of 10 camels using one small jug which is no small task rebecca is presented as a continuous whirl of purposeful activity in four shor- short verses Genesis 24, 16, and then 18 through 20. In four short verses, she's the subject of 11 verbs of action and one of speech. And this actually reminds me of Maya, a continuous whirlwind of action. Because on Wednesday, her sisters were at work and she had every right to take it easy. She had no responsibilities. She had nowhere to be. She could have just watched cartoons, but she said, "No, I have things to do and by eleven am she'd made herself a juice drink for breakfast. first she'd ferminated the dog she' cleaned out and detailed the van. she was like Rebecca a continuous whirlwind of activity, which is awesome and Just so we're clear, let's uh, make sure we understand what watering the camels entailed. Uh, The NIV Cultural Background Study Bible says this. If the servants' camels had gone several days without water, they could potentially drink up to 25 gallons, almost 100 litres each. Given the standard size of the vessels used to draw water, this would mean that Rebecca would have to draw 8 to 10 jars for each camel, thus requiring nearly 100 trips from the well. Several hours of work. Yeah, wow, exactly. So the servant sees that God is at work here because God has given him a sign. And this isn't just any sign that his prayer has been answered. It's an answer to a prayer that actually reveals the character of Rebecca. Watching her water the camels is his private moment of truth where he sees her character because as we've heard character takes time to make but a moment to read and based on this private moment of truth he had the confidence to follow up publicly and long story short his public moment of truth pays off and rebecca's family agrees to send her back with the servant to abraham and isaac verse 50 laban And Bethuel answered, this is from the Lord. We have no choice in the matter. Rebecca is here in front of you. Take her and go and let her be a wife of your master's son, just as the Lord has spoken. And then, because of course, you know, we're um, modern people, so we like women to have a choice. Six verses later, Rebecca also gives her consent. Let's all give consent. Uh, the Old Testament a clap yeah that fits our current Canadian sensibilities she gives her consent leaves immediately and they're off now When we read Genesis 24, we often read this as an amazing answer of prayer, right? God is good. He has been doing something amazing. Uh, We we see that God spectacularly answers this servant's absurd prayer that the right woman would water his 10 thirsty camels. And we say, God is good. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. And uh, we also learn that sometimes he can answer our prayers in ways that can be incredibly specific. But what I'm about to say, it does not take away from God's incredible planning and power. In fact, what I'm about to say, I believe, enhances God's glory even more. It shows God off even more. And it comes back to this phrase that I believe is the theme of this story, that character takes time to make, but a moment to read. Time to make, but a moment to read. You see, Abraham's servant was looking for a person of integrity, a person with character. So the test planned by the servant wasn't just a chance to prove god's prayer answering power it was a chance to prove the character of rebecca and this contrasts with some other tests that we see in the bible for example you know Gideon with the sheepskin on the ground that was wet when the ground was dry and was dry when the ground was wet well in other words that test is an inanimate object right it's only God who's at work there or even think of last week with that ram who was caught in the bush that Abraham sacrificed instead of Isaac okay both of these tests involve things that aren't self-aware either a sheepskin which is not self-aware or a sheep which is not self-aware and in fact maybe sheep are as bad as sheepskin because they are incredibly dumb. So God kind of moved things around by himself. Okay. He was like, Ram, I want you here. He was like sheepskin or oh, rain, rain here, but not there. And then rain here, but not there. Okay. That is all God. But here we have a test that involves a person, a person with free will, a person with the ability to choose what to do, a person that we, if we read scripture right, can choose to say yes to God or no to God, uh, who can say yes to doing the right thing or no to doing the right thing. In other words, the outcome was not assured. God can move a sheep against its will because it's a sheep, but God cannot force Rebecca to up sticks and leave. She has to do it. She has to choose it herself. She's not like a pawn on you know, a chessboard that he says, you move, and then she's like an automaton that just moves. That's not what we see here. And what we find out as well is that Rebecca... Is the person who carries the Abrahamic lineage that would ultimately end up with Mary giving birth to Jesus Christ so is there anyone who loves Jesus and has been saved from their sins hands up if that's you okay well you need to thank Rebecca for that because she said yes to Abraham's servant there's a lot at stake here so let me try to bring this all home for us this morning Rebecca was a living signpost to Abraham's servant that he was on the right track. And it took the servant just a short time to read that signpost. It took him the time it took Rebecca to water the camels a few hours. The sign of Rebecca could be read in a moment, but it had taken a lifetime to make. Remember that the best signs are the ones that can be read quickly but are designed and made well because character takes time to make but it takes a moment to read and rebecca as we see in this passage she was a well made sign she was a signpost clearly pointing towards god's will and she was different from a sheepskin on the ground that was wet or a sheep in the bush that was stuck because she could have said no to abraham's servant to get him a drink there's the well. You can go get your own drink. Who do you think I am? She could have said that. And for sure, she did not need to offer to water all of his camels. He didn't even ask her to do this. That was above the call of duty, but her character dictated that she should do the right thing. And so it was her character that unlocked her future. Hear that. It was re- it was. Rebecca's character that unlocked her future and the fact that she didn't know what was at stake made her decision to water the camels even more amazing okay imagine this okay if he if he'd gone to her and said look I'm about to make an offer that you can't refuse if you get me a drink and water my camels then I'll give you in exchange the chance to be married to a very eligible bachelor And I'll throw in the chance to be part of the lineage that ends up producing the Jewish Messiah who will be the savior of the world. Okay, this is the deal on the table, Rebecca. Will you take it yes or no? Who wouldn't water 10 camels for that? But as it happened, she had zero reason to help this stranger except for her character. And this is who the servant was looking for. And this is who God is looking for as well. And so my question for you today is this. What private moment of truth is God leading you to? What tests of character is God sending your way? What opportunities is he offering you in the quiet and the privacy of your own life when no one else is watching but he is? And will you pass the test? Because if Rebecca's story tells us anything, it's that our character takes a long time to grow, but it can be read in a moment, which is why kids, you need to be listening to this, which is why teens, you, you need to be listening to this, which is why young adults, you need to be listening to this. And at, at any stage of your life, we need to be listening to this because character takes time to grow. And so, if we avoid things that make us uncomfortable, if we avoid things that cause us inconvenience, if we never go outside of our comfort zone, then we will live our lives having zero idea what character could have unlocked in our lives. Because here's the truth only things that cost us can grow us. If it's not a hardship or a sacrifice, it will not grow your character. Luke 16 says this, whoever is faithful in little is also faithful in much. Whoever is unrighteous in, in very little is also unrighteous in much. And so if Rebecca had chosen convenience and not watered the camels, then she would have had no idea what she'd missed out on. She just lived her nice little quiet life in Mesopotamia, probably marrying her cousin or something. But this story tells us that God wants to use people like her and people like me and people like you as a sign that points to him. And like any good sign, character takes time to make, but a second to read. So let me leave you with this question. What do you want people to read when they see you? What do you want people to read when they see you?